This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Radio only today here on a Buffalo football Monday. And we're getting right back to the phones at 803-0550, the number to get on board. Got a couple open lines for you there as we are asking for your takeaways from Buffalo's wild card victory over the division rival Dolphins. And we lead off this segment with one John in Clarence. What you got for us, John? You're on One Bills Live. Hi guys, um, good show. It's it's nice that you guys let us Monday morning quarterback like this. If they excuse the pun, it's very therapeutic. Uh, but <laughs> I, I was gonna, I was going to talk about uh, time management, but I think you've beat that to death. So I, I have a simpler question, and Steve may have some insights to this being an ex-player. So obviously, we know the way that Josh plays. You know, it, in some cases, it's it's almost like ordered chaos or reckless abandon. Um, And he gets some success out of playing that way. But he turns the ball over a lot. We've seen that a lot this year. So my question is this. He's been doing it so long. Do you think that Sean McDermott, post-game, at some point, not in a team meeting necessarily, but maybe one-on-one, says to Josh, Hey, look, Josh. We have to, we have to stop these turnovers, and I need you to think about that when you get into your game mode and you're out there and playing. Um, maybe controlling access to the ball a little bit better, or not doing some of the things that you know may put you in that situation. And if he is saying that to to uh, Josh, is Josh just not listening to him, or do you get? You know, you get into those game modes where that conversation is not part of your thought process anymore. You're just executing and you're going back to your old style of, you know, I got to do everything I can, put it on my shoulders to to, to make the, the great play and therefore he ends up losing the ball. So I'm going to 
hang up and listen to what your thoughts are about this, because I think it's very, very important that, you know, turnovers, if we, if we have turnovers against the Bengals, like we did in this last game, they're not kicking field goals. They're scoring touchdowns. Yeah. You know? And so, right. yeah. anyway. I got Thanks, you, John. John. Thanks for the call. It's, it's, it's good stuff. And you're right. Um, it is something that it, it's, McDermott, you asked if he would have conversations with it or, if, you know, with Josh privately uh, or in in front of the team or whatever. And the answer is all of that is, yeah, of course. Uh, it's Sean McDermott's responsibility to address problems with individual players and with philosophies. He, he addressed it not only with Josh, he probably addressed it with Ken Dorsey as well and asked Ken Dorsey what he's doing about Josh turning the football over. And he talks to Josh personally, and then – they watch the film together, and they talk about it. And when the, when those plays come up, they say, "What were you thinking here, and why are you getting?" Well, listen, we, we can't do that. You know, it is an ongoing, constant conversation that you have, and you say, "Well, why isn't Josh listening?" Or whatever. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> it's hard to play quarterback, and and I think there's a little bit of personality in it, no question about it. But teams with quarterbacks like Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Um, you can go down the list. Lamar Jackson, when though you've got a dynamic playmaker who's gonna, who's got an arm, who's gonna put the ball at risk in one way, shape, or form, you're gonna have turnovers. Certainly, Josh has more turnovers than any of us would like, and I don't know what the acceptable number is, except unless you win the games. And if that's the case, we're fine. But <laughs> the simple fact of the matter is, yes, Sean McDermott is gonna lead, and it's his responsibility to address privately, publicly, in the team meeting, on film, and every other way, and address the guys who are directly above Josh as to how to get him to stop doing that. And then weigh the balance of, if you get him to stop turning it over, can he still play effectively? Uh, certainly we all think he can. But that, yes, the answer to your question, all of the questions you raised about how to do it and what the possibilities are, are all true, and they are all, they are all taken advantage of. Yes, Sean McDermott addresses it. Ken Dorsey addresses it. Sean McDermott addresses it with Ken Dorsey. Josh has to sit through films and be talked to about it in front of his teammates and privately on the practice field and in meetings. It is constant, absolutely, positively, without question. Time and time again. Yeah. Almost and, ad nauseum. Right. Until And you also run the risk of it becoming just noise. But it is that important where you feel Absolutely. necessary to repeat it. And Somebody told me this stat, and I haven't had a chance to look it up to make sure it's accurate, but what the hell, I'll throw it out there anyway. When the Bills have been on the positive side of the turnover margin in their last 20 games, they're 19-1 and one in games in which they're on the positive side of the turnover right. margin. 19-1. And, and not for nothing, I don't think Josh would do this. Maybe, maybe I would because it's me. I don't, but it starts to become noise, and he says, what are you? Shut up! We're twenty four and five over our last twenty nine, and we're getting yeah. beat by. If we get beat, we're getting beat by two points or three points. I'm fine. Right. Let me you, shut up and give me the play. I got this. <laughs> right. I well, don't think I, Josh is doing that. No, but I will say that. But I would. <laughs> well, no. When you're that when you're that talented and you have that kind of skill level, sometimes your hyper competitive nature can get the best of you. And that's where some of those ill-advised decisions will come into play on at times. Some of them not do. often. Some of them do. Some of them end up 
in a touchdown pass yeah. with zero on the clock at halftime against Miami in week 15. Right. Thanks. I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Or against New England. Or against New England or against the Jets. You go down the list. We all know. We all can recite the plays that are unbelievable that he does that nobody else can do. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Let's get back to the phones, and we go to Mark in West Seneca next. What do you got for us, Mark? You're on One Bills Live. Mark, are you there? I'm going to put Mark on hold. His signal's a little fouled up. And we'll go to Neil in North Carolina. What do you got for us, Neil? You're on One Bills Live. Thanks for taking my call, guys. I totally agree with you with the defense. They played excellent. They kept us in the game. Other than that, we would have lost. Two quick questions. One, Chris, I got to know, did you go to the Chris Berman sportscasting school? You're unbelievable on the radio. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yelling and saying and on the Dawson touchdown, that was excellent. So really enjoyed it. Obviously, we hope Murph gets better and is able to get back in there. But you sound great. Thank you. Um, The other one, I watched a series where they were running – and the running was working, and then they went to pass and run, and they were moving down the field, and all of a sudden they went back, pass, 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 pass. Seems to be when they get the run going, it opens up the pass more for Josh, but it seems like they then go away from it and go back to pass, pass, pass. Yeah. I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on Yeah, that. you're right. I get it. And people, you know, people are always going to be puzzled by that. And the simple fact that the easy answer – and the most basic answer is this. There are a couple of factors that you got to know as to where you're going to run or pass. A lot of them have to do with what the defense is going to do, and a lot of what the defense has, is going to do is down and distance and position on the field. As they're, you're saying, they're moving the ball, moving the ball with the run, the run, the run. All of a sudden, you're on the plus 30-yard line, and the defense starts playing different defenses because that's what they do. Or they start adjusting their defense because you're running, 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 running. All of a sudden they say, okay, we're going to stop that. Here we go. We put these guys in, put this guy in, play this coverage, and let's see if they can run against that. And all of a sudden, so you're up there and they're thinking, wait a minute, they change. Now we're going to throw it. That's the most basic answer I can give you. It doesn't mean it's right 100% of the time, but by and large, adjustments by the coaching staffs lead to different plays and play selections by the offense or defense. 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550, 803-0550, the number to get on board, taking your takeaways from yesterday's wild card win over the Dolphins, 34-31. We go back to the phones, and we go to Mark in Jersey City. What do you got for us, Mark? Uh, how you doing, Chris? Not a good weekend for us in the Premier League, either one of us. Uh, uh, I wasn't expecting anything, anyway. Well, I'm in a relegation battle, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. <laughs> but, yeah, I love the mix minus McKenzie at receiver. Um, I, it was the first time they were with it, but I just think that Shakir and Beasley just bring something completely different. I mean, I think the biggest play of the game that hasn't been talked about was that that Shakir drop when he got it lost, when he lost the ball in the sun. Yeah. I was like, if he catches that, they're, they're, that's the minimum three. And I do believe Josh threw the, uh, the tip drill INT to Howard. Right, right, right. right Cater, Cater Kohu actually got a hand in there on Beasley. Some pe- I even thought when I called it on the radio that it bounced off Beasley's chest. It did not. On replay, I saw that Cater Kohu was in coverage there, actually got a hand in to tip the ball to Holland on the INT. Yeah, there was a lot of hidden yards 
uh, the, 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 there was like 49s by how 49 return by Howard. There was a 27 yard return by Holland there, the 50 yard punt return, the yeah. scoop and score that got batted back for like a, 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 that was the most egregious for me with Josh. Josh has to eat that ball or throw the ball in the, in the, in the, in the seats. I like the aggressiveness. I mean, they started off the season aggressive, throwing the ball. Then everybody starts complaining. There's no efficiency. They go back to the efficiency. Then everybody starts complaining. There's no, there's no explosive yeah. passes. I mean, this right. after almost a decade and a half of Tyrod Taylor, uh, Trent Edwards, uh, like right. fans always are perpetually complaining about what they don't have in the most. Did they watch the Bengals go into an offensive shell last night when? They couldn't do – if they don't get that Hubbard – and that play, Steve, it reminded me of a Bills game in, in San, San Francisco. Francisco. yeah. Lee Woodall. Yeah. Derek, Derek Holmes. Holmes fumbled it, and Lee, and he ran it 99 or 98 yards. It's the exact same play, except it was a handoff rather than a quarterback sneak. You're absolutely right. Same play. Backbreaker. It changed the game. Yeah, it's it soul-crushing. One of the reasons, too, and just about this game last night, we haven't really talked about it too much. One of the reasons the Miami uh, – Miami. One of the reasons Cincinnati went into a shell offensively and started to look a lot different than they did early on was because they lost, literally lost three offensive linemen to injury. Yeah. They were playing Joey Bag of Donuts and Polly Well, they lost, chips. they lost Lyle Collins, their right tackle in week right. 15 or week 16, and then Alex Kappa, their left guard, did not play this past week. He was not in the lineup because of an ankle injury, and then Jonah Williams goes down with a knee injury. Right. So they had their offensive line was a shambles up front. And, you know, Chris Collinsworth did a nice job of, of explaining it, but you could tell everything changed for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. I mean, it, the Bengals won that game last night, t- scored 24 points. Burrow, Joe Burrow, threw for 209 yards last night. Yeah. 209 yards. Baltimore always has made it tough for them, due, in, due primarily to the fact that they have three very physical and quality corners and two pretty good safeties. He threw for 209 yards on a 72% completion percentage. And I'm just going to say this. The Baltimore pass rush has more consistency to it, in my estimation, than Buffalo's right now without Von Miller. Right. So they do make life difficult for opposing quarterbacks, both on the back end and with their pass rush. Baltimore's a load, man. They are, they are a tough defense to get on top of. Tyler Huntley threw for more yards than Joe Burrow last night. Yeah. And uh, it was know. just down in the red zone where Baltimore had problems. Right. You know, things get tight down there, and it's hard to execute. Cincinnati was 100% in the red zone. I would have been a fan of running Huntley on a bootleg and take advantage of his athleticism rather than going over the top and see if he can get out on the corner and beat somebody to the pylon. You know what I mean? Like yeah. run some misdirection down yeah. there and, and use Huntley's legs and his speed we s- rather than trying to send him through the middle in a pile of people. We saw that uh, Ravens had four red drone, red zone trips last night. They were one of four. Yeah, that was the difference Bengals in the game. Bengals were two of two. And the one of four turned into seven points the other direction. Yeah, it was like a 14-point so, yeah, swing. Yeah, a 14-point point swing. And the final should have still been 24-7, but the Ravens should have won yeah. with, by that score rather than the Bengals taking it 98 yards. Yeah. Unbelievable game last night, but um, still, that's – that's one of the reasons my Cincinnati's offensive production dropped off a cliff yeah. was the offensive line. Let's get back to the phones at 803-0550, for your takeaways on yesterday's wild card win over Miami. We go to John in Elma next. What do you got for us, John? You're on One Bills Live. 
Yeah, thanks for getting my call. My biggest question is about how well the Bills tackle when a, a guy goes through the line of scrimmage or they can, we can, they catch a or the offense catches a short pass and if you watch the game like I do and I used to be a middle linebacker at University of Buffalo yards after catching or yards after going through the middle of the line is the biggest indicator of how bad you might end up losing and that's exactly what I'm concerned about especially with the Bengals Short passes, we only catch one or two uh, of those guys, and then maybe two or three tackles missed. My real question is, what are the Bills doing to try to get these guys to tackle better? And I don't know if you guys can answer that question, but, well, you know, but yeah. somebody's got to know what are they doing well, I'll tell you this, John, and thanks, John, thanks for calling. That's a, it's a good question. One of the things I noted yesterday uh, as to why the Bills were having such success defensively, um, well, part of the problems defensively was they were getting short fields with turnovers and, and re kick returns. They were put up against the wall. But one of the things I noticed, and I mentioned this to Matty Glab on Bills tonight, yesterday in particular, not 100%, but – way better than games we've seen over the last two months. The Bills tackled extremely well yesterday. First guy to the ball got the guy on the ground, and there weren't any of the yard, extra yards that, that John from Elma is talking about. Or at least held on long enough for help to arrive. They did a much, much better job of tackling yesterday than they had done at other games. And that was one of the reasons Miami was struggling. Um, they were 4 of 16 or something like that on on third down, the Bills were tackling really, really well yesterday, and it showed in the struggles that the Dolphins' offense had. And part of the issue that I know Bills fans have had in the past with respect to Buffalo's tackling, they say, how are these guys not wrapping people up? They play a penetrating style up front, so their, their whole purpose is to get up the field quickly, try to get a player or a ball carrier or a quarterback in the offensive backfield and drop them for a loss to force down and distance and then let, let your pass rush go. Yeah. And when you play that style, if, you, if they get you on a misdirection or you read the play wrong, you're up the field and the spot you just vacated is wide open for a ball carrier to exploit, and then it looks like you missed the tackle because you're not in position. Or you're in a bad spot to make a sound fundamental tackle and you miss. That's yeah. the problem that sometimes you run into playing that style. I will say this, though, Steve. Miami's blocking on those screen plays out to the flat, really, really good at that. I mean, they're washing three defenders out with three men blocking, and they were getting yards with guys running behind those blocks with great effectiveness yesterday. I don't, I don't want to repeat myself, but I talk about it all the time. It's hard to tackle in the NFL these days because you're not allowed to really – Whack guys up high. You can. It's like anything else. When and there's a bottle sitting on a table, if you want to knock it over the easiest way, you go to the top and you just push on the top, and it falls over easily. It's the same thing when you're knocking a guy off his feet. You hit him in the head or up above the head and shoulders. It, it's easier to knock him off balance. If you go the lower you go, and then it's the other end as well. If you can take their feet out, it's the same thing. It's easy to knock them out. You can't do that. 
Uh, you can't hit them above the shoulders. And the, te- the league has become a league of ball tacklers instead of person tacklers. Um, yesterday, the Bills did a great job of tackling the guy. And I think they reaped some benefits from it. But for the most part, you can see it. Teams got in there. They jump on the guy's yeah. arms trying to wrench the ball away. And they twist and turn and and you know, twirl all the way down the field for an extra eight yards. And to answer John's question, they do practice tackling. Even in this time of the season when padded practices really aren't a thing, they bring out those giant donuts and they practice fundamental tackling, wrapping up on the donuts. They'll roll a giant padded donut out onto the field and they run, wrap up, shoot their hands, you know, drive their hips through the tackle. They do practice that. And there's a coaching staff that harps on the fundamentals maybe more than any other I've seen. So rest assured, they do practice it. Uh, let's go to Luke in East Aurora. What do you got for us, Luke, here on One Bills Live? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, so I just want to go to the uh, the Bengals and Ravens game, how um, they were able to create pressure and really make Burrow look human. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the Bengals lost their left tackle last night, and – just how, how much of a point of emphasis do you think it is with McDermott and their game plan coming up this week on uh, being able to create pressure and get Burrow uncomfortable? Yeah, I, I mean, we'll that's... have to see how serious the knee injury is, obviously, first. And let's not forget, they're still without their right tackle, Lyle Collins. They've got Adenogy in there, so they've got a backup right tackle, potentially a backup left tackle, and potentially, if Alex Kappa can't come back from his ankle injury that forced him to miss last night's game – and he misses this game, too. They'll be out without their starting left guard also. So three starting offensive linemen that Bengals could be without this week. Go ahead, Steve. I think that I think it's the thing in this game. Can the Bills get pressure? And if they can get pressure, how many people is it going to take to get pressure? And how fast can they get home? Yeah, hopefully that, it's just four. to me, is the crux of this game. Last night, everything changed when they lost their right tackle. Their left tackle. Uh, their left tackle. When Jonah Williams went down last night, everything changed for the Cincinnati Bengals. If those guys don't come back and are not healthy, that is Buffalo's one best hope defensively, I think, for defending those three guys on the outside. Yeah, and neutralizing Burrow. Uh, if if they get Collins back, if they get all these guys back. Well, Collins out for the year. He's right. not coming if back. If they get Jonah Williams or Kappa, Kappa yeah. or you know whatever, if they get all these guys back and healthy – it's going to be that much more difficult for the Bills to do that. I think that, though, in my opinion, I think that is the key to this game, is the ability to get pressure, win now, on Burrow quick. Yeah. That You've got to do it at both ends because those three guys outside are an impossible matchup. Right. As, yeah. good, as, as good as Kair and Trey are getting and playing well, I think they're getting better week by week every, every snap. Right. As good as they can play – those three guys, you, they go too deep, and they're too good, and they're too big. Yeah, Higgins so, is a major problem in contested catch. Yeah, situations. so I think you've got to defend the Bengals at both ends of that pass at yeah. big time this week. Break time for us here. When we come back, we're going to go around the locker room, get you some of the comments from the players and from head coach Sean McDermott about yesterday's victory next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.